Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're revisiting all those amazing reality shows that unfortunately only had one season. Um, today we're going to be delving deeper into our series on Mexican dynasties. We're going to be doing episode four of Family Fractured. I'm your host, Frank Pezzanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And in terms of house cleaning, um, I believe that I don't think there's any Twitter. Let me double check on that. Okay, one hit pod. Blah, blah, blah. Um, no, no new Twitter. Um, and then in terms of my quarantine update, um, that's been pretty uneventful too. Um, my knee is finally better, so I think I'm going to try walking again today. I'm not going to run. Um, I have discovered that I'm super popular with men in Brazil, specifically Rio, on apps. So, um, fingers crossed, I end up on 90 Day Fiance real soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and above and beyond that, that's kind of it. Oh, I was able to snag my fourth grocery delivery, which will be coming tomorrow. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Very nice. Um, well, on my end, we are, my household is one week injury free from resistance bands. We went, nice. <laughs> we went a clean seven days. Um, I've also started watching Making the Cut on Amazon. I love it. Are you caught I, up? No. So I believe we just started on Friday night. It's now Sunday. And we just decided that we needed something lighthearted. And I had heard um, a podcast interview with Tim Gunn and He's a national treasure. The interview was just wonderful. I took a longer walk because I just wanted to chat with Tim Gunn some more. And we started watching it and it's been wonderful and lighthearted. I highly recommend it. The funny thing is it's the reviews have been terrible. I really like it, but the reviews have been awful. I really like it. It does feel like one long Amazon ad sometimes, but Bravo and Project Runway, that feels like that too. So I, I don't know. That doesn't bother me. Have you looked online? Well, no, you shouldn't look online because it'll be spoiler for you because it says who wins every week because you can see the clothes. But I've gone to the Amazon store. That shit sells out like before they even put it up. Tim, um, Tim said in this interview, it sells out in 24 hours, always. Not even. Like, I mean, I watched yeah. them. I, some of them I've watched the night they dropped. And then just what I'm like, because I want to know how much they cost. Yeah. Because they don't tell you. That's the fucked up thing. If they're sold out, you can't see the price point. And that's what I was really curious about. Um, and I'm not going to, this is not a spoiler in any way, shape or form, but the episodes that I watched last night, the two from this Friday, um, the thing that won was a men's look. And I was curious and not only did it sell out, but, and it was a little unisexy, but on Amazon, they had it on a woman and in women's sizes, which is fucking bullshit. Huh. Like, I would have bought it. Interesting. That's yeah, one of I the mean, things we'll talk I, about it once you get there. It's not until episode like seven. Okay. Well, that's one of the things that I like best about the show is that they use people of color and r the runway models are of different shapes and sizes and different genders. Yeah. And that's something that never used to happen on Project Runway. So it's been really great. And Although, did you watch Project Runway this season? No. So that's the weird thing is I quit Project Runway so long ago, like even before it moved to Lifetime. But for some reason, I'm back in on this show. I quit Project Robin when it moved to Lifetime, started watching it again this season, now that it's back on Bravo, really liked it, um, and they also are using gender-neutral models, models of all shapes and sizes and colors, like, they're doing the same thing. That's good. I'm glad. 
Um, and then my last highlight of the week is actually very nerdy, but any, I will recommend it anyway. And that I ventured to the hardware store last week safely, of course. And I was just able to pick up some things to like get random projects done on my house. And that's kind of my thing anyway, but it's given me a whole new set of things to do and improve about this space that I'm trapped in. And it has felt wonderful you know, like (laughs) things to fix my baseboards. And I speckled the other day and we planted a garden and, you know, just simple things that make home feel better um, has been, has been very nice. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I cleaned out all three of my junk drawers. It took me an hour and a half and I came up with like, oh, actually, yeah, it was three of them um, with two trash bags full of stuff to throw away. Yeah, I'm going to do closets. I'm scared of like living with the trash bags for a little bit. So I haven't done it yet, but it will happen. We've got time. (laughs) And I would also like to apologize to everyone for how crackly I sounded on our previous episode. It annoyed the crap out of me. And I don't know what was going on because I feel like the episode before I sounded fine. So not sure. Using a different mic today. Fingers crossed. And I do have a margarita minute. Okay. Hit me with that. So I'm trying Sorry, my husband and dog are upstairs and I don't think he realizes his chair makes noise. (laughs) So I'm trying to rotate through the families as we go through this a little bit to give each family some due. So this week's Margarita Minute is Oscar Madrazo. Nice. Because he really continues to be my favorite and I hope he stays that (laughs) way. Um, So Oscar was born July 27th, 1969 in Mexico City. And he is the son of Gabriela and Federico. I meant to look up more about the dad, but maybe I can, you know, do that on the side later. So Oscar actually started modeling at age nine. And that was sort of what got him into modeling and fashion. And then he started his own company when he was 19. And he runs and owns like the most prestigious Latin American modeling agency. Which is interesting. And I did know that. And I think it's weird that they never bring it up in the show. They act like they're just on TV. Right. And the TV show is actually like his side hustle. He kind of does that for fun. The, he does a lot more fashion and modeling related things than he does reality or, you know, um, variety TV. So his company is called Contempo Models. And he apparently has discovered quite a number of famous Latin American models. None of their names were familiar to me. Um, but of the names that he's worked with that I recognize, there was Claudia Schiffer, Naomi Campbell, Cindy Crawford, Tyra Banks. And Paulina works for Oscar. Yes. Which I, they, I don't know if they touch on it later, but I don't think they have yet. Uh, No, they never do. Oh yeah. So she's an example. Honestly, in the show, you will see throughout the show, they, this, I only recently learned this modeling agency thing when I was Googling some stuff. It never comes up in the show and it never comes up that they work together. It also would be so interesting. Like, I don't get why they focused on the variety show, but anyway. I feel like he might be afraid that it might hurt his brand. Not hurt his brand, but I mean, I believe, like you said, this is a very prestigious modeling agency. And I think that it doesn't need any more self-promotion. So he probably didn't want to sully it. That's true. Um, So the other thing I found interesting is that he started his career on TV as a judge and the artistic director of Mexico's Next Top Model. (gasps) Where can we find Mexico's Next Top Model? I would love to watch that. And he was involved for all five seasons. We need to find it somewhere. I'm going to go on a hunt. Yeah. So then where things got interesting for me is that he was also on A&E's Fashion Hunter, which I'm not sure I'm familiar with that. that. Right. 
and Mexico Fashion Police 4E. So then, yeah, so then I wanted to know what exactly, what show is Raquel on and what is she, why is she like the most famous critic? And every bio of Raquel just says famous fashion critic. That's it. And when I Googled like her name and television show, nothing came up. So I wonder if she has like an old school column or she's just like famous for it. No, they showed clips of her on her television show and said the name of it, but it wasn't Fashion Police. It was something else. Yeah. I couldn't find it via Google. And I tried, you know, like Latin Wikipedia also. I was surprised. Oh, what about IMDb? I don't know. I couldn't find it. Right now. Yeah, Oscar is, he's a big fashion deal too. So they must be buddies and have that in common, which makes sense. I'm shocked that they weren't on the Fashion Police show together. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so anyway, moving on, we can always figure that out later. But as everybody knows, he was the first gay man in Latin America to have children via sur- surrogacy. Um, and he used an organization in California called Growing Generations that works, you know, specifically with gays and lesbians who want children via surrogate. And uh-huh. so what was interesting is that this, he had intended to only have one child, that the dream was just parenthood. And then the surrogate found out that there were two babies and she left it up to him about whether or not he wanted one or two. And he said he felt, there's a very touching and long interview about him and his experience. And he said that he was really overwhelmed and why wouldn't he want to, um, but that it was like a, a complete adjustment to his plan. And well, wait, very- if, she, if he didn't want two, were they just going to give the other baby away? I don't know. I didn't How would it even wa- work? I, I don't know. Kind of a weird Sophie's choice. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe she meant like, you can freeze one for later? Or do you want them both now? Like she had two successful, I, I don't know. I didn't know she was pregnant. Like, I mean, yeah. they were implanted and to- both took. And you can't have half an abortion. No, I know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was thinking like maybe they did it like IVF style and then they decided one or two, but I don't, I have no idea. That's also, I think most people implant more than one, but anyway. Um, So anyway, what's also interesting is that Oscar and Paulina's father was a twin. He said his brother, so I guess they have a brother, has a set of twins and his niece also has a set of twins. That's wacky, especially because twins run in families on the mother's side. So like the fact that he had twins is just a total fluke. Yeah. Still Same thing with his brother. Yeah, but it's interesting. A lot of twins. Um, he also made a documentary about the whole experience and I started to watch the trailer, but it's like a six minute trailer. <laughs> and I lost patience with it. <laughs> um, but it's about his experience having kids and his kids are in it now that they're older. So he just made it last year, I believe. And it's called My American Dream, which is very cute. Oh. And he is a UN Goodwill ambassador, and he also, with his own companies, has developed an international campaign called Love Yourself. Oh. I know. Oscar. I know. He's just the cutest. And I did do some investigating, because you had mentioned that his kids were famous YouTube stars. Particularly maybe? the boy, I, I had thought. So when I... I can't find any evidence of that, and... They both have YouTube accounts. The girls doesn't have any videos at all. And the boy only has 93 followers. 
weird. I don't know where I read that, if it was one of the groups, but I know I read it somewhere. Yeah, so, I mean, TBD, maybe they're popular on another channel that's more popular in Mexico than here. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. But Googling their names didn't come up with anything, and I was sort of surprised, so... I wonder if it's one of those stupid things, though, where they have a channel together and it's like a totally different name or something dumb like that. I know. I thought that, too. But then I would have assumed that in all the promotional materials for this show, given how much his children are talked about, they someone maybe would have covered that. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, but that's it on Oscar. Um, and are you ready for this dramatic I am episode? I ready. Yes. So I like that this episode sort of pulled a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills where you see someone really mad at the beginning and then it flashbacks. Yes, we get a three days, we get a scene and then a three days earlier. Yeah. So Nando's very angry. He is very angry, yeah. (laughs) Um, And he sets the rules and he does a lot of finger pointing. He does. I have to say that now watching it again, I believe this is, the episode that angered me the most concerning Fernando, Mari, Alan, Jenny, Adon. Yeah. It's like this tough. was the one where I was like, Oh, these parents fucking suck. Yes. And we'll get to that later. Cause obviously they're building tension in the big scene is later, but we start with three days earlier and it is Nando and Mari's anniversary. Yes. And They're I want to, I want to go to this party too. Um, oh, I know. It looked like so much fun at the Xochimilco River. Yeah. So they do what they call floating islands. And so they are these kind of like shallow floating boats. Um, but everyone's kind of like on different ones and you kind of float together and they're all drinking mezcal and tequila. And like there's a mariachi on one of the boats. It's like a floating party. It looked really fun. It did look really fun. I was also impressed with how elaborately they were painted like with the date of the anniversary and like that was a little wacky. I know. Um, And so they, then we learned that Nando and Mari had three weddings. Yep. They had a courthouse wedding, a big wedding, and then an Aztec ceremony. And we're actually married in New York. Their real official first wedding was in New York. Yeah. Um, well, I was excited that their their second big wedding where we saw the flashback of them like in a carriage was on my birthday. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> not not my actual birth date, but my birthday a couple of years later. Um, and then we get a little clip of Alan and Jenny talking about their parents. And Alan says, well, the sexual part is important. And Jenny says, maybe I should take a page out of the Mari manual. And then Alan was like, ew, no. <laughs> um and then they're clearly alluding to the later drama because nando quotes his father and says like at the party what is the quote like at fights don't exist fights don't exist right and i i don't know we don't really see a fight at a party but i guess they're just building tension well, I mean, it was kind of maybe a precursor to the fight at the party late. Well, I guess there wasn't even a fight at the party later. It was in a no. park, so yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we go to Oscar's house, and his kids, um, is it Anuk? Anik? How did we decide to say it? Anik? Anik. I think it's Anik. I need to start writing it differently in my notes, I think. <laughs> uh, Anik and Axel were invited to a bar mitzvah. 
And the invitation was sent to Oscar, but he's very upset that it's clearly a party just for 13 year olds. <laughs> well, that came as a huge shock to him because he apparently can't read invitations properly. Yes. I thought that was really funny, but it was like, looking forward to seeing your children. And he was like, what? Yes. And then, so they're, they're being very sweet to their dad, but then the son gets up a little bit of nerve and he says, well, I mean, you could drop us off. And Oscar looks gutted and says, am I your driver? <laughs> I also thought that he was very concerned. I thought it was funny about vaping and drinking. It's a bar mitzvah. Vaping. He says, do they do the vape things there? Do they drink there? <laughs> and he, <laughs> he was also very upset that the party started at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. He said that was late. I mean, they're 13. Well, they are 13, but I, the other thing I was confused about is that I don't know if they were held back or if Mexican schools work differently, but they're starting their first day of seventh grade, which means they would be 15 by the time they finish middle, uh, middle school. And here in the U.S., we're 14 when we finish middle school. So I thought that was strange, too. Um, but they, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess... Mexican parties seem to go longer, so he was afraid it was going to last until midnight or one. I would have thought 10, yeah. 11. Um, but yeah, it was a little weird. I, I think he's a very overprotective father. Yeah, but it was kind of sweet. And yeah. <laughs> then in the confessional with Paulina, she says, you're going to have to get used to being the driver. <laughs> Excuse me. And so then we go with Adon to meet with some record producers that have worked with Ricky Martin. Pablo and Mimo. Yes. And <laughs> so I guess his father arranged this meeting, right? Well, it's interesting because Mari and Fernandez said they arranged the meeting. Doris said they paid for it. Right. And I believe Doris. I believe Doris as well. I mean, the only other thing that would make sense is these guys, for some reason, wanted to be on camera to promote their production company but we never got to see the name of the company it was just their name so yeah i'm sure he paid for it yeah so my favorite part of this scene is they ask adon to kind of describe his sound like what makes him unique oh my and god he basically he drops every musical genre possible so he says ever He's like a classic rocker. He's really into the classic rock of the 80s, 70s, and the 60s, but more accessible, like One Direction, a Bon Jovi. You know, I got indie vibes, like Brit pop, you know, hypnotic, tribal. I want to make people aroused. It like makes no sense. No, no sense at all. I love that he thinks he's a combination of Black Sabbath, One Direction, and Bon Jovi. I- <laughs> like the, none of those intersect with each other at all. There's no, no Venn diagram for that. Like, it's no. not like the three of them and then a, a Don in the middle. Like, that makes no fucking sense. And I don't want them to intersect. No. No. And so then in his confessional, he says he has, he has a goal. No, two goals. He wants to do the Super Bowl halftime show by the time he's 35. And he also wants to be an international superstar by the time he's 35. Well. Which I if, feel like are the same. They are. I was going to say, if you're an international superstar, they would invite you to do that. Good luck. <laughs> so then Doris shows up to the meeting because clearly Adon invited her and the producers and Doris ask him to sing one of his originals. 
Oh, but before that, he says his mom is not happy about the fact that he's working with Doris. And then he says he wants to be perceived like an adult. (laughs) (laughs) So he wants to appear like one, but he doesn't want to behave like one. Nope. So they ask him to sing. And oh my. He, Doris is concerned and you can see it immediately. And he sings two lines of apparently an original song and then he just in this episode he does a lot of vocalizing just like making sounds and they're off pitch yeah i mean i the nice thing about dolores in this is that she is correct in that mari and fernando think that Adon can do no wrong and that no matter what he does is perfect and she has a much more critical eye in the right way and she says like he was pitchy he needs a lot of work he's got the basic bones but like he needs to put in the work and probably get a vocal coach and like do some things to work on this. And yeah. And then she says like, these producers aren't going to help him. These producers were paid to tell him what he wants to hear. And then when you watch the producer say like, that's great, man, that sounds really cool. (laughs) That's why I believe her. I was like, there's no way a producer would say that sounded good. Yeah. I was shocked that they didn't say like, Oh, like it was a little pitchy there in the end. You have to work on the height. Like, I mean, they were just like, "Mm, it's great. Yeah. And I am a little surprised that Nando and Mari don't have him working with a vocal coach just because it's good practice for any singer to keep your vocals up. And I feel like that would almost be part of his normal routine. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Don't you know who his vocal coach I'm sure is? Nando. Nando Nando has a good voice though. He does, but I'm sure that he's just like sits around and sings with Adon. I mean, Adon. And thinks that he's being his vocal coach. And says, oh, do it this way or try this. I mean. It's so bad. They would never outsource that. I can't. Listening to him just like, he basically like moans like an animal. It's really, it's not okay. Honey, you have seen nothing yet. Like wait until we get (laughs) to a couple, like just wait. Oh, and I forgot to share fun highlights from this week with everybody. Sorry to sidetrack. Um, Several of the Mexican Dynasty's cast members have liked our Instagrams about the show. (laughs) And it's been very exciting. We got likes from Jenny and Doris. But now I feel like I have to be very careful with (laughs) what I say. Oh, I don't think so. No, but like they think it's funny, but I just want to make sure they still think it's funny. That's all. Um, But I was very excited to see that Jenny Jenny liked our photos. I was going to say, I can't imagine we would say anything about Jenny that would ever upset her. No. She's my queen. So no, I think, I think we're safe on Jenny. Yeah, I think on Jenny, the goal is to be her friend. So, yeah. So, speaking of Jenny, next we are with her and Alan at Top Stop Records. And they are starting their first day of recording their album because their contract includes a full album. And they start with a toast of Mezcal, I believe. Always Mezcal or tequila. It was Mezcal. Uh, yeah. And we hear them sing, and they sound a lot better than a Don. I'm not going to say I was blown away, but they sound a lot better than a Don to me. They're another couple that, and I think we see this later, it's once again, they sound amazing in Spanish. And I think it just doesn't translate into English well. I think that's part of the issue. Yeah, they did sound great in Spanish. Um, and then there's this brief aside where Alan says there are certain things you weren't allowed to do as Fernando Allende's son. And he says, no dreadlocks. And then Don says, and I couldn't wear guyliner. 
Um, and then they showed a picture of him in Guy Liner, completely refuting that. Um, but I love how like salty Alan was about the dreads. Yeah. And then he says later, like he wanted a dread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just wanted like one. Um, it was a little confusing, but he's real salty about the fact that he wasn't allowed to have dreads. And he's so handsome. I'm so happy he doesn't have dreadlocks. Oh, I was kind of into white guys with dreads in the 90s, so I'm happy we admit that. <laughs> and uh, grossly, my brother had dreads down to his waist. Until like a couple years ago, right? Um, gosh, when did I cut them off? It was probably like 10 years ago that I cut them off, maybe? I feel like I Eight years knew, ago. I feel like I knew you when you cut them, but maybe not. Oh, it was pretty gross when I cut them off. It was stinky and disgusting. <laughs> um, but we hear part of their song, and it's sort of, I don't know, it's just like a catchy Latin song. Yeah. Um, I, um, it makes me sad that I don't care for Latin music because I want to like their music, but it's just not my vibe. Yeah, well, and for me, I always like songs that I can sing along to, especially at that tempo, but I don't speak Spanish. So I just end up sounding like a moron. <laughs> even even more than usual um so then jenny has this sweet moment where she says that what inspires her and her music is her husband and that's really sweet and then she goes and he's super hot i mean how could you not be inspired by his ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah i had that too <laughs> all right so then adon and doris go for a coffee or a tea because he says he doesn't drink because he doesn't like the taste well, he has a giant glass of milk. She has coffee or tea. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> oh, you didn't? In a glass glass, like a giant glass of milk. Ew. No wonder like a his twenty vocal... ounce glass. No wonder his vocals sound bad. Milk is horrible for that. Yeah. Ew. So then she jokes, he jokes that he could be the designated driver on the world tour. Oh, honey. <laughs> this whole thing is very confusing to me because they go to this coffee together to like strategize and then Fernando and Mari show up and they act like what a crazy coincidence and then you find out that Adon told them yep um yeah and I don't know why he would do that like why I don't know he knows Doris has told him point blank he needs to leave his family behind and he just can't do it yeah it's weird it's really weird and so they show up and Doris says in her confessional, I thought we were making progress and here comes mommy and daddy. <laughs> and so Mari's upset that she wasn't able to go to the session and that Doris was there. And Doris just says, you've got to trust him and trust me. Like she's actually not, she's being very cordial about it. Like she's saying she's trying to help them make their son a superstar basically. And, well, and this is where things get a little convoluted to me because I'm very confused as to whether she's just PR or whether she's managing him because he refers to her as his PR person. She says she's PR. If yeah. that's the case, she should be working in tandem with Mari, who's his manager. Like, yeah. I don't get this whole division of labor that seems to be going on. It makes no sense. No, I don't either. And maybe it's because it's not set in stone yet, but they did sign something, I thought, last episode. They did sign something. And you would think that Mari would be on board for this. She'd be like, I'm his manager. I'll decide what he does. You put him in the press. Right. Like I thought the whole point of a PR person was to get you publicity. Yeah. I don't know. So 
the other thing that is interesting is they tar- they all start talking about how talented Adon is. And Dora says, I see him as a diamond in the rough. <laughs> yeah. And then Fernando says something that I really didn't understand. And I really wanted to rewind and capture it, but I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Something about how you have to put out fire with water and the only way to see through shadows is light. <laughs> oh, it was a prayer. I thought it was a prayer. It was like a really weird prayer. Like, they all know. held hands. He, like, rambled on about nothing. It kind of reminded me of Trump. Um, yes. And Doris was just like, <laughs> huh? I don't whatever. Yeah, so then they all cheers, or, or they raise a toast as they're eating, and they say, Elvis, Michael, Adan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Apparently, they're wishing an early death upon him. <laughs> <laughs> um. So true. So then Oscar brings his kids to their first day of seventh grade. And Oscar cannot drive. Cannot drive. Admittedly, is a terrible driver. And he sure is. Like, at one point was almost driving on the median. I would be very worried for their lives. I was a little surprised. I mean, I know that he usually uses a driver and he said that. But that he didn't have a nicer car. Me too. It was a Mazda. Yeah. I I wrote that down (laughs) <laughs> especially since like they grew their dad was a car importer like and his was known for bringing all these fancy cars into mexico like and he's zipping around in a mazda like i, I wonder if that's I, I, as i like this show is making mexico city seem super safe beautiful wonderful there if you look up the show that there's some articles online about how people felt like it wasn't a true representation of mexicans and mexico city and i wonder if he's driving that car because he's afraid of getting carjacked Oh, I wonder kidnapped and wants to keep a low profile. Yeah, I wondered if it had something to do with the neighborhood or the kids. Like he doesn't want his kids to appear overly flashy in front of their peers or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's have a Mercedes. I know, but or I a still BMW or something. I had the same thought though that it was like their everyday car that they use for purposes like that. Yeah. Cuz he has a huge house and his garage looks big and I feel like we've already seen them in a different car. Well, we've seen them driven. Yeah. But we've never seen them driving. Okay. I thought in the very first step, maybe it was Paulina's car we saw because she drove down to Oscars with her kids or something to welcome oh, them yeah. back from summer vacation. No, I thought they walked. She lives next door. I thought she was carrying a bunch of stuff in her car. Oh, maybe. But anyway. I mean, I think that they have those big garages because I know from clients of mine who had lived in Mexico because, you know, diplomatic reasons, whatever, Mexicans with money have bulletproof like SUVs that people drive them around in. So I'm yeah. sure that's what's in that big garage. That's crazy. Um, but I thought it was really sweet that we get a brief scene, sort of a flashback to the evening before about how this is the first year, I guess, that his kids don't want them going inside the school with them. I got that. Or even dropping him off. Like I thought Axel was like any other day, but not today. Yeah. Not the first day. Right. He wanted to look cool. And it was like a, a, a change for Oscar. And yeah. the son cries because he feels so bad. And Oscar said, it's okay. Like, I'm going to be <laughs> fine. But it was just so sweet. Like, they are, they're insanely attached to him. And it's very endearing. Um, and then Paulina and Doris, my favorite wild ladies, they go to learn how to ride motorcycles by themselves, which is awesome. It is awesome, but I wanted more footage because I'm sure they were there for like an hour. And instead, in the scene, it looks like they get on the bike, they have a little foibles in the beginning, learning how to start and go. 
then they make one loop around the parking lot and they're done. Like I want to see a little bit more. Um, it's also because they're probably terrible and it's really boring to watch someone stall a motorcycle 50,000 times, I'm sure. I was also a little confused about Doris's shoe choice. Oh yeah, weren't they like mules? No, they were like heeled boots. Mm. Like like a high, high heeled cowboy boot, like a booty. But okay. wouldn't you wear flats? Like I wear flats if I like tennis shoes or something if I was learning how to ride a motorcycle. I don't know. It's not if be harder I... in heels. Not if I wanted to look hot, I guess. But I also liked that when they got out of, wasn't Paulina driving a BMW, speaking of cars, when they pulled up? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So I liked when they got out of her car, they both tossed their hair and did like the Charlie's Angels thing together. Uh, yeah, that was really fun. <laughs> um, but I, I still like the fact that they took motorcycle lessons all on their own. I think that's awesome. Uh, and then they go for tea. And they start talking yes. about Paulina's relationship with Jose and how Doris misses her husband, Jorge. Um, and we find out that he was the head of Getty Images Latin America for a long time. Um, and she says that it's been very good for her to be home again with her mother and help her mother readjust and sort of re-socialize herself. And she says, but I really hope that your mom, meaning Gabriella, will step up and sort of be more friendly with Raquel when Doris goes back to California. Um, and Doris actually looks very pretty in this scene. And I'm yeah. sort of, I was sort of surprised. Like she looked kind of soft and her hair just had like a very nice windblown wave to it. She looked really pretty. Um, and then she asks Paulina how her boyfriend Jose does with her relationship with Oscar. And she says that he does great with it. And that it's getting serious with him. And she really wants that for Oscar. That she's worried... I about when Oscar's kids grow up and leave the house and she wants him to have something too. I think part of the reason that he is so okay with Oscar is that he is, works a lot. Yeah, I think so. And so Oscar keeps Paulina busy. Yeah. Like if she didn't have Oscar, she'd be like, oh, where are you? Yeah, I think that's why. Not a bad arrangement, but we'll see what no, happens. No, not at all. We'll see what happens when Oscar gets busy with love too, you know? That would change things. So then we go to Jenny and Alon's record signing party. And the this marquee. is... So it's at the Marquis Reforma, which is a hotel, which I looked up because Mari said, we live at this hotel. We live upstairs. And I don't know whether she was joking, meaning they spend a lot of time there, or that's where they actually live. Oh. So... I don't know. I looked up the hotel and... It's not the building that we see in, like, when we zoom in on the penthouse, but that doesn't surprise me. But the bigger thing was that the penthouse of this hotel is much nicer than Mari and Nando's penthouse. Like, it's just more... Really? Yeah, it's not as stark white. Like, the window frames are different colors. Like, it's just got more furniture. Like, it's, it's not nicer. It's warmer. Like, it's just decorated differently. It doesn't look like the stark white art gallery vibe. So, I wonder... If there are multiple towers? Maybe. There might be residences in a yeah. hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, the Ritz-Carlton does that. There's the Ritz-Carlton residences. So maybe there's, like, more than one tower. Because the entrance didn't look the same either. I know. Their entrance, I also so. think when, once I got the vibe of the piano bar in the hotel and what, you know, Fernando starts doing, I was like, maybe that's what she means, that they come over here shithoused and do this every night. That's very possible, too. Yeah. Because I would be a little surprised, quite honestly, 
if Fernando, I mean, I'm sorry, if Alan and Jenny chose to have their record party in the first floor bar where his parents live. I know. Like they, you'd, they'd have it somewhere else, I would, would have thought. Well, so also on that note, I noticed Jenny is wearing the exact same top she wore the day they signed. Like the silver sequins with the eye on it. Yeah. So I think this was sort of an impromptu, like, hey, you guys won't believe it. We got signed today. Let's celebrate. And so I wonder if they just kind of went back to the residence because they're like, oh, we'll just go to the lobby bar tonight and have, you know, we'll celebrate. I don't know because they, I mean, I know with editing, whatever, it could be the same day. It could be a week later because they made it seem like it was after the fact. I don't think they're as good on this show about not recycling clothes. Yeah. As they are in some of the other Bravo shows. And especially because Jenny and Alan are living out of suitcases. So maybe she was like, oh, this is my lucky shirt. I wore it the day we got signed. I'm going to wear it again at the part. I mean, who knows? It could be either one. I yeah. could go. I, and the narrative they were trying to portray on the show was that it was after the fact, but it could be either. You're right. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, Jenny and Alan really want to celebrate. And the Allende family just doesn't seem to care or be rooting for them, as we know already. And Mari interrupts the party, which doesn't even seem to appear to be a party. It looks like a normal night of service at this bar or restaurant, except that they have a very large table and are being very loud. Um, well, they were sitting at the piano. Yeah. I thought the whole time. Right, but it didn't look like a private party to me. It no, like- no, 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 no. Agreed. I think yeah. that like they had a corner of the bar and the yeah. rest was regular service. Right. So Mari interrupts and gets on the microphone only to hand it to Nando so he can sing to everyone out of nowhere. Yeah. And so then, of course, he brings up his gold star, Adon, who just moans like a cat again. And Jenny and Alan are understandably upset. And they say, let's just get hammered. Yeah. That's frequently their solution to problems. I like it. Yeah. He, it's, I can't handle the vocalizing. I'm really scared to see where it goes. You should be very scared because it just goes nowhere but down from here. And there's a lot more of it. Oh, this is God. nothing. You've only gotten a teeny tiny taste of what is to come. Right. And Jenny and Alan have a side moment outside where they talk about how Nando was almost offended by the fact that Alan wanted to do things on his own. And it hasn't been the same. Not spend. almost. A hundred percent was. Yeah. And he says, you know, my brother kind of loves living in my father's shadow and I didn't want to. So... Oh boy. The funny thing about that to me, and I was going to talk about this later, but now is as good a time as any. I think it's very interesting that as segregated as Alan was trying to be from his family name and strike out on his own, um, I'm actually surprised he didn't change his last name and have like a, you know, like a pseudonym just for like a stage name. Um, I think it's very interesting that he named his son Fernando Jr. Me too. I caught that last episode. And I am shocked that that didn't catapult him to the number one son. I mean, like, he's now given Fernando not only an heir, but an heir named after him. Like, that's the biggest honor you can bestow on someone. And even that didn't work to get him back on the good grade. I mean, it's very strange to me. I'm wondering if the grandbabies is what healed things at all, though. Oh, I would imagine, yeah. Yeah. But they had the kids immediately. Right, but I'm wondering if... Well, and they also went on their honeymoon with them. Yeah, I don't... Never, yeah, never mind. I don't know. So then 
we go back to Doris and her husband, Jorge, is arriving and she's so excited to see her husband. It's very sweet. And she says, I'm also excited to eat real food and share a meal with someone that's more than half a mango. (laughs) 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 Because Raquel seriously only eats mango. And I love that Doris also gets very dressed up to pick up her husband. I think that's really sweet. She's got like this kind of button up shirt with, you know, a few buttons undone and a very tight pencil skirt, like stretchy, you know, she wants to let her man know that he's missed and she's, she's ready for some sexy time as she says. (laughs) Um, So they met when she says when she was 18 and she told her mom that she was going to marry Jorge. And her mom said, but you have to lose weight. And um, not only did she have to lose weight, but she sent her to Oprah's fat camp. The yeah. same fat camp Oprah went to. Yeah. And I'm a little confused. The one thing that I like, I love Raquel. I love that, thank God, this didn't push Doris into a terrible eating disorder because it's a miracle that it did not. Like, yes. I'm shocked that she's not anorexic. Or bulimic or 600 pounds like they're like i'm just it's amazing she's a normal sized woman with a normal relationship with food like absolutely. i don't know how that happened absolutely what really but and because of that i'm willing to forgive raquel and think it's funny when she says things like that but what almost has me turned on her is jorge's fat and she's not giving him a fucking hard time and you saw those old pictures he was chunky back then yeah, I know. And she wasn't like, Jorge needs to go to fat camp too before the two of you can get married. I mean, I could understand it. There's a, like, a teeny tiny bit of me that would almost understand if Jorge was like this buff guy when they were going to get married, when they were 18, 19, whatever. And Raquel was like, oh, do you want to keep... He was a chunker. Like, who, so who gives a shit? Well... It's a big double standard. It is, but I also think it is it's not uncommon. Like my, my dad used to lecture me about my weight all the time. And my dad is a very big dude. (laughs) And you know, it was one of those things that it was okay for men, but it's not okay for women. And Raquel's old school. I could see that being her too. And what makes me sad is Doris is able to joke about the fat camp somehow, which she is so well adjusted about it. It's really incredible. And then Raquel just offers a little, well, I don't regret what I did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Old and strong. Well, she still seems very happily married to Jorge. So that makes me very happy for Doris. Because the other way this could have gone very easily is that Doris could have ended up like um, Jackie on the Housewives of New Jersey. Right. Whose father gave her a hard time about food and she became anorexic. And we saw that scene this season where the father's like, you should be thrilled. Like you're an inspiration to women everywhere. Cause look how fat you said. She's like, I almost died. Like, so this easily could have gone that way. Yes, definitely. Um, so then we go to the park, uh, with the Allende family. And this is where things start to blow up about Jenny and Alan versus Adon. And so they're going to be working in the studio three times a week. And Adon says, Oh, Oh, me too. Me too. And Jenny gets, pissed and she says yeah but you're not signed and she's right like I the one of the things I love the most about Jenny is that she is willing to go to bat for her husband yes stand up for him with his family and be proud of him where they won't like because I'm sure she herself if wouldn't give two shits whether her in-laws care about her record career but she feels bad for her husband and how shitty they're treating him 
And they are treating him so shitty and can't even see it. Like they have such blinders on when it comes to their behavior. I, I would be really curious to see how they felt watching the show back. If they even then they could see it and say like, oh, it does, we are being biased towards Don. But I bet even then they just think they can do no wrong. Yeah, no, but I Don's bet Don's they... amazing. Alon needs to kiss his feet and praise him even though he's doing nothing. Yeah, I think that's how they roll. Um, yeah. And she says like, you know, you call me Yoko. And then he says, you're still Yoko. And they start talking about their party and how it was difficult for them because they feel like they achieved something, but that, and they want congratulations. And it's always about a Don. And Nando and Mari say, what is not to love about a Don? He's our angel from heaven. Yeah. And then they say to Jenny and Alon's face, Nando does anyway, he says, you should be praising what he's doing. And it's, it's awful. It's dumbfounding. It's, it's terrible. Adon's also not, I mean, sure, he's working with producers too, but it's just, the fact that he can't be happy for Jenny and Elan at all is just so sad. Well, it's sad. And then, I mean, I just think it all stems from, they, they're, they can't, he will always be looked down upon for marrying Jenny. Yeah. Like they can kind of get along with Jenny, whatever. But as far as they're concerned, and Mari talks about it later, they feel like he abandoned them. And they will never get over that. They're never getting over that. I don't know. The only way I think they would get over that is if he left Jenny. And as I've told you, and I can't remember if it comes up in the show, but I know from real life, Don was married. Yeah, you said that. It didn't go well. And he divorced her and moved back in with his parents. And I think that's why I would be willing to bet that when Adon was married, they weren't all up in this woman's business either. And I'm sure they hated her too. I'm sure. Oh boy. Um, And then we go back to Oscar and Paulina. And for some reason they're talking about (laughs) pubic hair. Yeah. Just because that's what they do. That's how they roll. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and then there is a tamale guy riding down the street with a cart and a jingle. And they say, in Mexico, we have a cart and a jingle for everything. <laughs> um, and she wants a bite of tamale. And Oscar says, no, it's full of lard. And then he says that she's Miss Trans Fat. <laughs> yes. Um, and so they they have this heart-to-heart about his dating life. And she doesn't want him to be alone. And he admits that his heart has been broken and that he's just not quite ready. And he cries. And then he says, you invited me for fun and gin and tonics. And now you make me cry. <laughs> well, I love too. And I can relate to when he was talking about dating and Paulina says to him, like, you get upset if they text you too much, but then you get upset if they don't text you enough. Like that, yeah. I can relate to that because it can be annoying. Yeah, and I read in this interview um, with him talking about his children that he did have several long-term relationships that he thought were for the long haul and having kids affected both of them. Um, Oh, I I personally would not date someone with kids. Right, so one person just didn't want to have kids and then the next person was in a marriage with a straight woman, they got divorced. So he had kids from his marriage, but then he didn't want a relationship where someone wanted more children. So he, I think Oscar kind of chose fatherhood over his love life, but he feels lonely in it too. Just sad. He's just so sweet. I love Oscar. Yeah. He's the best. Okay. So then in our final scene, 
we go to the penthouse. And this is where the editors deserve an Emmy, by the way, because we get Nando and Mari bitching about Jenny and Alan and just being awful, to be honest with you. But we it's intercut with Adon vocalizing, again, like a dying animal. But they even keep the sound in the background. It's not just the cutting back and forth with video. They keep the sound of his voice underneath <laughs> Nando and Mari talking. But what I thought was hysterical is as the scene is starting, when they're like coming, you know, doing the outside shot of the, the penthouse, Adon sounds like Chewbacca. Yes. Like, exactly. I mean, he, later on he goes higher up. But when it started, I was like, oh, it's Chewbacca. Like he sounds just like Chewbacca. That's what he should do. He should become Chewbacca in all the future Star Wars movies. He trills like an animal. It's so yeah. strange. It sounds so bad. <laughs> Um, My favorite was the cut to um, Chio laughing hysterically about this whole disaster area of a mess. Yes. And the singing. Yes. And actually, the security guy, Jesus, Jesus. yeah, he admits that he puts his headphones on. (laughs) Wouldn't you? Like, oh my God, can you imagine listening to that all day, every day? I would. No, I cannot. It would not go well for me. Um, so they sort of just, they have a very warped view of things, which we already have discussed at length, but they say that Jenny puts a Don down and that this is really a Don's moment and Jenny and Alon are just being, you know, selfish and they're wondering if the family needs counseling because they used to be tight and, you know, it's I just- would actually that. I wish they had counseling because I would love for a unbiased counselor to say to Mari and Fernando, you are ridiculous. You are so biased towards Adon. It's insane. You are treating your other child like crap. Get your shit together. Like, that would be amazing. Yeah. I would I love for that to happen. I, they, I love they were insisting somehow that um, Alan has changed. Like, how? It's very apparent that they do not like the fact that he married Jenny. Um, and then, it basically... What Fernando is saying is like, kiss the Don's ass or get out of my house. Like they're literally talking about cutting them out for a while, including yeah. their grandchildren, I'm assuming, which is extra shitty. Like I, they're not good parents at No, all. no, it's just not. And I don't understand. So yes, Adon is their baby and they want him to succeed. But the fact that they have no room to celebrate the success of their other child, is just, it's gross. It's really gross. It's super gross. And it's not that hard. It's just not. I also love that Mari wants to get a shaman. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They both get a shaman, and Fernando's like, this is too much even for a shaman. It's too much. Right. But that's it. That's where we leave it, and we will see what happens. And next episode looks really fun. Um, Yeah. So next episode, Oscar goes on a date. Um, We get a Shabbat dinner, and we get Alon versus Fernando. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Should be very exciting. Well, everybody hang in there and we will see you all in a week. We hope you're staying home and staying safe. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at One Hit Pod. You can email us at franklymarebee at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at Hey It's Mare B. Please remember to rate and subscribe and have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.